What's up, lady ballers? Welcome back. We're soccer props, and it's game time. Hi. How are we, ladies? Good. How are you? How are you? Good. Congrats on your book launch. That's so exciting. Thank you. It's been a mad day. How long have you been working on it? Nearly two years, you know. Wow. Such a pain to write a book, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry? It's such a pain to write a book, isn't it? Have you done it as well? Yeah, we have one. And yeah. like I, when they mailed us like the printed out version of it to like read over and make hand edits by pen, I was like, this is wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it, it's a long process, isn't it? It's a baby, it's like your baby. It takes forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm a bit of a control freak as well. So I felt like I was micromanaging everything. I may as well have just done it all myself. Well, I pretty well I did. I did in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's out now public, so of course I can. It's 10 chapters, so it's like a 10-step guide on the way to win. So like I wrote it so anybody in any field could pick it up and essentially it'll give them advice on how to achieve their dream. Because I feel like when you win in one field, whether that's sport, business, music, tech, whatever, the skills that you learn on what winning is and what it takes to win are life skills that can be applied to any field and any industry. So I talk about the difference between winning once and actually becoming a winner. And yeah, honestly, I'm buzzing with how it came out. It's better than I ever imagined. That's really cool. And I feel like there is a certain mindset to winning. And of course, every situation is different, but there is a formula that, you know, the same types of tests and the same attitude had to take place in order for people to get on the top, regardless of the field. Absolutely. It's that elite mindset, isn't it? I think it all goes back to the mind. And if you've become the best in the world at anything and you turn your hand to something else, you, you're probably going to succeed because you've got that competitiveness, you've got that drive, you know what it takes to win. Yeah, because you you do a couple of different things. We were we were looking at, you were an entrepreneur, you have your hands in a couple of different things. So you definitely use your your winning mentality from freestyling in that as well, I'm sure, right? Yeah, and that's what I talk about in the book. Like once you've learned to win, you can apply it. Winning's transferable, I think. I think you become a winner and that's more valuable than the actual skills. Like for me, becoming world champion the trophy and the world title was great but they weren't the best bit it was the lessons that I learned and the person that I became in order to win that has really helped me and that's why when I've entered like the real estate world and the business world I have rose quite fast you could say Um, and that all goes back to just the journey of becoming world champion what it took to reach that yeah can you take us back like how did you first get into freestyle um, it goes back to football, you know. I was obsessed with football. Growing up with two older brothers, we was always playing on the street, in the garden, even in the house sometimes until mum <laughs> shouted at us. It was, it was life, you know. We was a footballing family. Um, and I wanted to be a professional footballer. I wanted to play for England. I wanted to be the best that the country's ever seen. And I was obsessed. I lived and breathed football before school, after school, even during school sometimes. It was everything to me. Um, but when I was about like 14 or 15, I started getting a back injury and it kept reoccurring and it was my right pedicle flaring up and it put me out quite severely at one point. I think I was out of all physical activity for seven months and it was a tough time, you know, because football, like I said, was my life. So when the very thing that you consumed by and almost identify by is 
gone and you can't do it it can be tough but I was so obsessed with just getting healed and getting back to training and so excited to that I didn't want to be at home doing nothing I wanted to still be working on my touch so I got a football and I was trying to like play with it any way that didn't hurt my back and that happened to be like sat down so I was learning kick up sat down so little did I know that was the start of my freestyle journey um, but obviously seven months is a long time. So fast forward them seven months, I'd become obsessed with getting trick after trick after trick. And I discovered this whole world of freestyle online. And I'd seen like a girl called Laura Biondo, a freestyler from America. And she was doing some skills. And I was just like, oh, my, this girl, how, 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 how? I was blown away. I thought, no, nah, there's no way this is real. I was like, I need to learn that. And I started looking up to her. Um, became obsessed and went all in on freestyle became pretty good like learned some good beginner tricks and then by the time my back had healed I could I could go back to football I'd fallen in love with freestyle and I'm super competitive so I, I knew that well I tried for a while to do both but then I was picking up more little injuries like groin injuries foot injuries everything just through overtraining and I realized right I want to be the best freestyler in the world and I want to play for England in football but I can't do both, especially at the same time, because it's just, it's overtraining. So I knew that I had to choose. And that's when I chose freestyle and never looked back. That's incredible. How many years were you training before you became a world champion? Oh my gosh. Um, six or seven. So it doesn't really sound like a lot. I think it was quite fast, but it wasn't just training for six or seven years. I, I gave everything to it. It became my whole life. I quit college. I drifted from friends. It's all I did for six or seven years. It became my life. You have to get obsessive over things to really be the best at them, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got a very obsessive personality. I'm all in or I'm not in. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's, it's a bit scary sometimes. <laughs> um, so I always have a question for freestylers. Do you do any training that's not with the ball? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I was doing a lot of like stretching because when I went from football to freestyle, one of the biggest problems was my flexibility. Like footballers are notorious for tight hamstrings and not being flexible, right? Yeah. Where in freestyle, if you want to do probably half the skills, you kind of need a bit of flexibility. So that was really boring, to be honest with you, having to stretch and work on flexibility. I never enjoyed that side of it. Um. And then, the, do you know what? The thing is with freestyle, there's there's that many aspects to it. Like there's upper body tricks, lower body tricks, sit down tricks, transitions. There's like five or six different categories that you, you training can just stay within freestyle. You don't really have to go outside of it. Like the sports that will help, like if you increase your cardio, that's going to be helpful. But you don't really need to. You just, it's more muscle memory for your skills as such. But of course, power helps as well. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of mental part of that of freestyle game as well. Like it's probably yeah. so much concentration. Yeah, even mindset, you know, I think that's the most important part. I've seen so many freestylers that are incredible and in training they're amazing. Even when I'm training with them live, like they're landing all their combos and I'm like blown away thinking you're going to be national champion this year easily. And then it comes to competition day and they get up there and I'm watching them and I'm thinking what's going on like you've just dropped every single combo but I know you can do that first try I've seen you do that 10 times in a row without even thinking about it I know you're capable and it goes back to them not being able to handle the nerves not being able to control the mind and unfortunately to become world champion 
that's something that you have to be very good at. I think it's mind over matter. Do you ever get nervous? Of course. Of course. How do you uh, like combat that nervousness or, or put your mind at ease? I think it's different for everybody. For me, handling my nerves, it depends what task I'm undergoing. But to go back to the start of the process, I just prepare very, very well. The more prepared I am, the more confident I am i.e. the less nervous I am if I go into something unprepared or knowing that I've cut corners then I'm gonna rightly so be nervous Mm -hmm. and that that just happens so being prepared but even still when you're prepared and you've trained with every bone in your body you've given everything to the sport if you train seven years for three minutes on stage it's not even three minutes is it three minutes with your opponent it's 90 seconds so you've given your whole life for seven years for 90 seconds on stage that's a lot of pressure in 90 seconds that's a lot when it means everything to you so being prepared isn't enough for that you need to find techniques that work for you and for me it was just it was a method that I just constantly reminded myself that I just took things step by step like I woke up on competition morning like I'm just waking up why would I be nervous I'm just getting dressed why would I be nervous I'm just arriving at a venue why would I be nervous I'm just warming up. Why would I be nervous? And so on and so on until I'm on stage thinking, I'm only stood on a stage. Why would I be nervous? I'm only doing the tricks I've done a thousand times in training. Why would I be nervous? And then after the battle, you know, when you're done, you can sit back and think, oh my God, that just happened. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. It's a good way of breaking it down because it can feel really daunting and overwhelming to like think big picture and and the full day. But if you just do little moments, why am I nervous when I'm warming up? Because I feel like that's a thing that I would have like, it's a regular college game. And I'm like, why? Like I would be stressing out like the whole time and it doesn't help yeah. you. Like, to- Yeah, exactly. I think the moment you let the size of the event or the severity of the moment get in, it's a sinking ship. Some mm. people thrive off that actually. Don't get me wrong. Like I know many freestylers that the bigger the event, the louder the crowd, they mm. play off that, they feed off that. But that doesn't work for me. The moment that external pressure comes in, it's a sinking ship. So I think it's important that you have, the self-awareness to know what works for you and what doesn't and I knew that I knew I needed to shut off the outside world and have tunnel vision for going out there to perform what I've practiced in training to show them that that trophy's mine and that's I figured that out for myself and you know I went out there and did that I love that that self-awareness a lot of players talk about you know and I the more you know yourself and what you positively react to and what triggers you and what doesn't, obviously the easier it's going to be to set yourself up for success. Is that a topic that you talk about in your book? Yeah, I talk about all of this. So my, the 10 chapters are the 10 steps for me achieving my dreams. So it starts off with like finding freestyle and like I talk about, you know, football choosing because it's hard to find your passion. Like a lot of people are like, I want to be successful or I want to do this. I want to do that, but I just don't know what to do. Like some people have such a work ethic inside them, but they don't know where to place it. So it starts off talking about that. And sometimes finding your passions hard, but other times choosing between your passions can be even harder. So I talk about, I talk about that in chapter one. And then chapter two is like about setting your goals. um, Because like what, what, what's the point in a car that can go not 200 mile an hour in like three seconds. If you're going the wrong way that you need, you need your goals. You need to reverse engineer the dream and figure out your ways to get there. And in doing, in writing your goals out correctly, you break it down into manageable bits so you can see that it's achievable. You can see that it's not that difficult if you create the right stepping stones. 
and then you know I go through all of the things like you know like we thought you asked me if I ever get nervous well I think in chapter four five I'm not sure I can't remember off the top of my head but one of them's called going all in and it's like or, or just make the jump or some, something like that I can't remember off the top of my head but it's about like being capable of a work being a world-class freestyler but not wanting to compete and it was Laurie that said to me Liv you're good enough you just need to get out there and do it and I was so nervous I didn't even remember my first battle because I was so overwhelmed with nerves so I talk about all of that and I talk about how I went from being this shy kid with literally zero confidence all the way to being a world champion and presenting primetime television and that transition that took me seven years and I was fortunate enough to uncover like the, I don't want to call them secrets, but I can't think of about it. The secrets to obtaining that confidence and living this life. I then put into the book for everyone else. Well, we'll have to read it because I need the secrets. <laughs> I don't like calling them secrets. You know, I feel like you always see that online, don't you? The secrets to success. And it's yeah, like, yeah. well, not that secret. They just work hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What um what are your hopes for the for the sport of freestyle? Like what what do you hope to see in the future for it? I want to see the female side of it get the recognition it deserves because I feel like in competitions, if I'm speaking honestly, um, we were always put to the side from the guys, and it never made sense to me because yeah they they always kind of you know subtly said well it's corporate you know it's sponsors and stuff the guys are bringing in more money but I sat down one day and I thought about it and I thought actually that's that can't be true because a lot of these sponsors are digital they're all from social media and the top three girls alone had I think at the time five or ten times the following of the top five guys combined so I was like, okay, well, this isn't making sense to me. Yes, the guys' level was higher because they've had competitions for a lot longer and they're supported more, mm-hmm. but the girls have a bigger following and you're telling me that it's all about that side of it. So make your mind up, you know? It's, and we're seeing that more and more, even like with the Olympics and everything, they're ranking the top. The So much of companies and advertising is social media-based and they're ranking these athletes with, their social following following and their influence on social media and women are coming out on top with Mm -hmm. as as athletes across the board with, you know, representation on social media. So it's definitely a really strong argument for why, why are we put on the side stage while men have the main one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was quite bad. Even some, in some years, like we didn't even have name cards and I thought you're joking me. The guys had name cards and qualifications we're in the female semifinals and we haven't even got name cards. I wasn't competing that year, but honestly, if I was, I think I would have pulled out because of that. I thought it was so disrespectful. These girls have given their whole life to this sport for years and years. They've made the semifinal. That's like a dream come true to some people. And they haven't even got a name card. Are you joking? It always makes me think like, who made that decision? Yeah. <laughs> and then who signed off on it? Yeah. There's no way there was a decision made. There's no way. There's no way someone sat there and said, no, we're not going to have name cards. They just forgot. They forget about the girls. That's crazy. And have you seen it like gotten better since you started to now? I mean, I'm sure it has a long way to come, but like, yeah, have you seen yeah, it? it's it's definitely got better because fortunately, there's been people like Laura before me who've put the foot down and stood up, and she's you know in the federation now working for the female team, and she's been incredible. 
Um, and then obviously I was quite vocal with my opinions. I don't really keep my mouth shut when I think something. Um, and yeah, it has got better. It's hard to say where it's at now because competitions have been a bit weird with COVID and stuff. Right. Um, but I'm hoping when everything's back to normal and the competitions are running next year, fingers crossed, um, we can we can see it on an equal playing field. That's my hope. What do you do? You have any advice for for players who want to get into freestyle for females? Just get a ball. Just get a ball and get in your garden and don't give up. Because there's a lot of people that like I see I see it in my messages all the time. Like they see my videos and they see me doing these skills and making it look a bit effortless and being a little cocky about it, you know. And that that's kind of my vibe a bit. But often it's true. Like those tricks are easy for me and it is effortless. But that's only the result of a decade's work. That's only because I've been at this for so long and I've given my life to the sport. And when they go when they see me acting like that and they go out there and try these tricks, like even if they just try around the world, they might try and try and try and fail and fail and fail. And then they say things like, Oh, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. Live must just be magic. I just want them to know like that is how I started. That is exactly it. They're not doing anything wrong. In fact, they're doing everything perfectly right. You you fail until you finally get it in freestyle. And then when you get it, it might take you 100 tries to get around the world. And then you get it that once. It might take you another 100 tries to get it again. And that's normal. The, I'm no different. The professional freestylers you watch online, they're no different. We've just persisted. That's all it is. It's trial and error. And slowly you make progress over time. So just keep at it. Keep your head up and uh, make sure you're following other freestylers for inspiration and new ideas. I love it. I have to say, I did try to learn around the world one day when I was younger and I was like, <laughs> oh, I was headstrong <laughs> on it. I was like, I'm doing this until I get it. So I did it for like four hours as a kid in the backyard. The next <laughs> day, I could not lift my own legs up to get up. The <laughs> like my, hip, my hip flexors, I felt like they're being held together by floss. <laughs> I've never been that was such a specific pain yeah and whenever I see a little kid now like, trying to get around the world I'm like take a break yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 were you playing football at the time yeah it was not good well yeah well, like it's a bad mix sometimes it was bad I I was like wow I was like um, my hip flexors this was a wake-up call for, <laughs> for that's what I mean you've got a stretch as well haven't you football yeah. is like we're so stiff yeah, seriously. Tight hamstrings for days. I'm sure you've seen like a large growth with COVID because like you said, practicing in the garden, it, it's a great sport to do in like small areas as well. And during quarantine, yeah. I'm, I feel like we saw so many players and so many of our followers trying different moves. We tried a little bit. I didn't find much success. <laughs> oh, you'll have to send me the videos. Oh, but yeah, you, you are right. I feel like every footballer in lockdown turned to freestyle or started. There was a massive trend, weren't there, of everyone juggling toilet roll? Yeah, yeah. That's did you get in that? We did that, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had to jump on that, you know. You're inside that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but during lockdown, you are right. There has been a big uplift in freestyle. And I think that does come from a lot of the high profile footballers turning to it. Um, and that's why actually during lockdown, I was doing a tutorial a day to help keep spirits up. Because you know, everyone was locked inside. Everyone was working. They were on the laptops. I thought, right, if they just give an hour a day yeah. to trying to learn a new trick, whether they learn it or not, it's getting them active. And it's just learning something new. Like we're, we're all becoming quite stuck in regiment and everyone seemed just a bit down I didn't like it I wanted to inject a bit of 
fun and positivity into lives. So, yeah, I made it my mission to do a tutorial a day. That was you fun. You should send us one of the tutorials, and I feel like we should use that to promote this because yeah. I think all the time I people are looking for that. And I think they just don't know where to look. Like, you could go on YouTube and find a million videos of it, and I'm like, I don't know if this person is telling me the right things. Yeah, or that's not. true. I feel like people have a big interest in and. In, a little step-by-step -step tutorial that makes us yeah. mortal, mortal well, figure out. Well, do you, know, do you know what I made, actually? I started working on it in lockdown, and I launched it a couple of months ago. I made a skill school, an online skill school, where someone can go onto my website, and they can have never kicked a ball before in their life. And the tutorials will take them all the way to professional-level freestyle tricks, all I in one place. Cause, one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'll make you an account. <laughs> Give but no, I thought <laughs> I thought that was important though because you're right. There was a lot of tutorials scattered around online, mm. and some of the sources were a bit like, mm, well, I was I was watching some of the tutorials, thinking your technique's not great. You shouldn't really be teaching it. <laughs> it sounds harsh, but it was true. So I thought, right, I'll fix it. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, we would love to try that out. Cool. What's your What's your next event? Like, are you doing in person events now? Um, well, I mean, I've just finished today's book launch, haven't I? I went back to my old high school to do it, which was crazy, you know. Cool. Yeah, I didn't think anybody would turn up because it's just it's just a book signing, you know. Oh, my gosh. There were floods of people. Like, That's really I've never been like in a crowd so crazy. It was amazing. It was proper humbling, especially after, like, COVID, where I'm not really seeing people. Yeah, you did. Crazy. You, you launched at a good time that you can now do that and do some more in-person things. Yeah. When we yeah, launched great the time. second book, it was like the height of COVID, which was a great time for reading, but we couldn't like go do anything like in bookstores or yeah. events, but that's awesome. That's probably really cool to go back like and to your school and like have all of your like old teachers and everyone there. Yeah. You know, it just reminded me like, cause I think you can easily get caught up in this lifestyle and going from goal to goal and chasing things for yourself. And it just reminded me today, like, this is so much more than me, like this purpose, this impact, like seeing seeing kids just picking up a ball and trying skills and not being afraid to fail in front of their friends. I was like almost proud of them. And it was like they were saying to me, oh, thank you so much. Like I learned that trick from watching all your videos and you've made me want to like chase my dream and stuff. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is this is so much bigger than me. This it, it just made me fall in love with what I'm doing all over again. That's awesome. I love that. That must have been so special too. Yeah. You just can't, you can't describe it, can you? It's the best feeling in the world. I have a question too. When you hit the moment, because of course it, maybe it's a little bit different for a freestyler, but it's not all that different. When you're having a day when you just are messing up everything and mm -hmm. you can't get stuff right and the same relation over to practice and you can't complete simple, simple passes or you keep missing mm -hmm. goals. Uh, what's your advice for people when you like hit that point of frustration or you're having a day where you just feel like you can't get it right? Do you think you need to work through those moments? Do you need to step away and reset? What is your advice for that? I think it depends on the moment. In some cases, you need to book up and push through. So if you're finding it tough, for example, physically or mentally, you should push through because you can overcome that and you'll be stronger more mentally than physically, but also physically. But if it's a case of you're getting worked up in your head and that's why you're performing badly, mm. then, then you, need to, you need to step away and come back. And that doesn't mean maybe leave the session and go home. That can just be stepping back for a couple of minutes, calming your breathing down, relaxing, 
maybe even just thinking why you're here do you want to be here getting yourself back in that positive mindset and then reapproaching it but some days your body like I- I'm bad for this like rest days I'm bad for it sometimes you just do need to have yeah. a break and just relax with yourself because life can be like you know it can be quite non-stop so I think it just goes back to self-awareness you need to understand yourself and understand what you need in them moments but for me more often than not it's pushing through and just making sure I end each session on a good note yeah that's true it is nice to end on a good note a high note and then you can like continue that feeling throughout the day and into your next training session absolutely I hate ending on a bad note like a missed shot in football or something or like if, if we have a free kick session and the last one's bad oh no 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 even if I have to go closer even if I have to then go and do a penalty instead as long as it's top corner I can end you know yeah. I've got to end on something good it's funny like I've been surfing the last year like a co- I picked it back up for, with COVID and you're not supposed to say one last wave because like you're jinxing it that you're going to get hurt but you never want to finish like f- like falling or like you know having a bad wave so it's like all right I won't say one wave but I just really want to end on a high note so <laughs> yeah, yeah an hour but you're like I need to finish on something good that's so cool I've always wanted to learn to surf it just looks amazing it, it, it's such a good feeling it's like scoring a goal it's like that feeling and I'm sure when you like nail it really? it's such a nice yeah it is wow well when you come um I live in Florida now so when you come do an event here I can uh I can take you out surfing and you can I'm uh, holding you to that and you can help me do some sort of move, <laughs> any move. <laughs> I'll be able to teach you a lot. All yeah, right. Defo. We always joke and we're like, our job would be exponentially easier if we were, if we could just do a few tricks. Cause there are so many like promotional things that a video just needs yeah. to end on no like that. <laughs> and we, like you could, any day of the year, it could be the best day in the world. I am not hitting anything. Like it, nothing is hat coming from the three of us. Yeah. Nah, you're crazy girls. I've got you. I've got you. One session. One yeah. session together and you will go away with skills. Test of Perfect. Perfect. Maybe we can all go to an Orlando City game next spring. Oh, mega. That'd be fun. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, we're doing it. All right, cool. Awesome. Um c- do you want to can we end on some rapid fire? It's not that rapid. You can take- What is it? Uh rapid fire. We're just going to ask you like a bunch of like fun short questions and whatever comes okay. to your head i just gotta like be dead fast no it doesn't have to be we, we, can, edit, right. we can edit it to be fast um all right cool all right first one what's your i don't know what's gonna come out my mouth if it's fast <laughs> all right go on hit me what's your favorite pump up song or artist little baby what's your favorite moment as a freestyler winning the world champs do you have any superstitions like freestyle related no, but when I get on stage, I always do the first touch of my first set. The first touch with what? The first touch of my first set, like my first routine. Oh, okay, cool. Do you have a favorite team to watch of any sport? Barcelona football, when Messi was there. Oh. It was beautiful. Are you hard Yeah, yeah. I love Messi. But I'm a Man United fan, so I'm going to go United. All right. Nice. Um, favorite freestyler to watch? Myself. Yeah, good <laughs> answer. I like it. Ask for that. Yeah, I love it. Do you watch yourself back a lot? 
Uh, yeah, of course. I watch every video before I post it like 20 times. Okay. But oh, even yeah, my training, one... even my training sessions, like I video the whole thing to watch it back because sometimes your execution can feel right. But when you watch it back from a judge's perspective, it's not quite right. And I never want to fall into that trap. My, my, like my, one of my biggest things is that every trick, every routine has to be executed to perfection. Like I'm a bit, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm weird like that. So I've got to make sure everything's perfect. There's a whole lot that goes into what you do and I can't even fathom it. <laughs> We've heard so much though, like players have just been using film so much more now than when mm-hmm. we used to. It's like crazy because you learn so much about yourself that maybe you're not even honest with yourself about that when you watch film, you're like, oh yeah, like it's evident yeah. what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong. And exactly those little tweaks, so. Yeah. And even if you think about the perspective, like your view of the ball, if you're freestyling, it's completely different to the yeah. camera. So making sure that it looks correct from every angle is is very important. Yeah. I always wondered, it must not look very cool from your angle, does it? It's more the feeling, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Do you know like- what I should do? I should put camera on my head and then you yeah. can see it. Yeah. I just imagine it's just limbs flying everywhere <laughs> and like a ball just like kind of staying in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. That is true, actually. Yeah. We do get a good view. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite cheat meal? Nachos. Ooh, that's a good one. Yes, yeah, because I had them today. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Love nachos. What's, um, who's your biggest role model? Conor McGregor. Nice. And why? Um, because he changed my life. Back in 2016, when I broke my foot, uh, I'd just finished second in the world. And I was out injured. And I started watching all Connor's videos because I wanted, I just wanted to inject myself with some confidence like he had. He, he, the confidence just oozed out of him, didn't it? He was an, he was an entertainer. It was incredible. Um, so I started watching his videos thinking, how can I be like him? And he started talking on things like the law of attraction and stuff like that. And I just dove into that world and... It changed my life forever. I went from, in that time period, 2016, I went from saying like, oh, I wish I could be world champion to I'm already the world champion and they're going to see soon. Ooh, and that yeah. that's when everything changed for me. Very cool. And that was because of Connor. I love Were that. you upset to see that leg break? When I broke my foot? Oh, no. Connor's. Yeah, when he broke his leg, because that was gross. Yeah, I never really watched his fights. It was I've seen every single interview he's ever done, but the fight. It's... Really? So you like to listen to his mindset and his his, yeah. his speaking instead of oh god. Yeah, don't... yeah. I've never watched a fight of his. Oh, but I've seen every interview. I can probably recite every interview. It's wow. a bit cool. creepy. Yeah. Interesting. Even when I just watch like his interviews, though, I, like you can just see it in my body language. Like I start to really like embody the confidence and start self straight and just conduct myself in a different way this was all more so back before I won you know this was the transitional period where I went from like a competitor to a world champion mm. and you know held myself like a world champion walked like a world champion talked like one and then became one and then since then I've not really followed his stuff as much I think I got what I needed from it mm-hmm well, don't Google that leg break because that was nasty. <laughs> yeah, I don't like stuff like that. <laughs> um, what is one question that you wish that you were asked during interviews or one thing that you wish you got the chance to talk about but don't get to talk about very often? Um, I don't know, you know. I feel like 
whatever I talk about. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe like like no one knows about you. Everyone talks about like how how I got into freestyle, what I do, what freestyle is, how it felt to win. But people probably don't cover, and I think this is one of the most hidden things in sport is the after effects of winning. And I think it needs to be talked about more because it's very similar to elite footballers retiring. I think there needs to be more support around situations like that because I don't want to get negative about it, but like when I won, that's all I'd ever envisioned. Like I would have I would have died for that title. I was obsessed with it. It was everything to me. I gave up my whole life for it. I gave up everything. And when I got it, I'd never I'd visualized winning so much. But I'd never seen past that. Yeah. So when I won and, you know, I got home and the celebration stopped and I woke up on Monday morning and everyone had gone to work, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, well, what now? What's the point? What have I got to get up for? And I remember my brother coming into my room and he was he was worried about me. And he was like, are you not going to get up? Because normally I'm jumping out of bed. I'm like hungry. I'm like, who am I going to outwork today? I've got my world title to chase. And I woke up that Monday morning and I was like, oh, my God. I've nothing to get out of bed for. And that those next probably six months were very, very difficult for me. And I started to think like, well, what's wrong with me? Because I'm seeing everyone else achieving their dreams and driving around in fancy cars. They've got like the rappers have got the gold chains on, you know, and they all seem so happy having achieved their dream. And I've achieved mine. I've got everything I've ever wanted. And I'm feeling the worst I've ever felt. And I thought, am I ungrateful? What's wrong with me? Because it's just not talked about. But yeah. obviously, you know, I overcame that. But I just think that should be talked about more. That's but- a loss of winning almost. It's not a loss, but you feel like, you know, mm-hmm. you feel a part of you is is not, a, you know. I remember one time, one time, it probably about a week after, I was in my car and I was just driving around my town because I didn't know what to do with myself. So I was just on a drive listening to some music. And I was just like, I was just crying behind the wheel. And I remember thinking, I wish I didn't win. Like, I really wish I lost in that final because I need that purpose back. I've got no reason to get out of bed in the morning because it's gone. Crazy. And that makes that makes a like a ton of sense. But I feel like literally that is the question that's never asked in interviews. That was a good answer to that question. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. I feel like there's a balance between being like content and being like happy with your success and like and hungry for more it's hard Mm. yeah I think the problem for me was it was inevitable in a sense because I was so consumed by this goal and that is what it took to get to that level to become the best in the world at such a young age and so quickly I had to be all in and all focus on it however I just wish perhaps I'd thought beyond that yeah. like although you can you never know how you feel like some people win and they want to win again for yeah. me it wasn't I just wanted to prove to everyone else I was the best mm-hmm. and then it was time to move on but there was no one around me at the time that got it they just didn't get it there was no one like there was no guidance or support system that turned to me and said you're okay you don't need to go back and win because everyone was saying you need to go back and win again and I didn't want to I, I'd achieve what I set out to achieve so while everyone was drilling this into my head, it was making me even worse thinking, why don't I want to? What's wrong with me? But if I'd have had, you know, a, I want to say a smart voice next to me or a mentor or a role model turn to me and say, 
you know, it's okay. You achieve what you set out to achieve. And if you don't want to do it again, that's fine. Yep. Chase what now interests you. Start the cycle again. Go back to finding your passion and work through the system again because that's what the, the, they say the, sometimes the journey is the destination or something like that. Yeah. When there's, that's the, yeah. When there's that's a everything. finish line, like a finite finish line like that, the, fi- the finish line was never what it was about. It's really the yeah. process that's bringing you the happiness. Exactly. Exactly. And I was young, you know, I was what, like 18. So there was no one around me saying those things, the right things. That makes a lot of sense. Mm. I'm going to be thinking about that for. Yeah, me too. It was good, though, you know, like it, it, that time really probably led to the level of self awareness that I have now. It took me a while. And I I think maybe it would have been better if I worked out in a day. It might have took me six months as opposed to a day. But Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned a lot and I understand how I operate now and how I need this constant cycle. And I talk about all this in my book, like how down I was and, you know, how eventually I overcame it and how if I went back, this is what I'd do differently. So it's not just drawing from a positive experience and giving tips, but also from what I should have done better. Mm-hmm. I love that. I can't wait to read it. It sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What uh, if you did? If you were a freestyler, if you could do any career in the world, what would you do? Um, well, I guess that's what I do now. Yeah. If something interests me, I pursue it. You know, yeah. I don't hold back. I think every passion arises for a reason. It should be chased, mm-hmm. uh, and that is what I do. So, uh, I started growing a passion for real estate. Very strangely, I've always been into business. Like, I've always been obsessed with success. So, like going back to studying Conor McGregor, that I never wanted to be a fighter, but I liked the fact he'd reached the top and I liked his mindset and I did that with business people as well and one in particular that stood out to me was Grant Cardone and he like opened my eyes to the world of real estate and I found it really interesting so I started looking into that and became quite obsessed and like the way I see the numbers in property in my brain I get the same thrill off them as the numbers on the judges scorecards Mm -hmm. it's the same it's all a game and that's a game that I'm now in and I want to win. I love it. And I love that you, you know, can pivot with your passions. And if something excites you, you trust the fact that it's meant to excite you and that it's worth, you know, chasing and, and becoming the best version of yourself with it that you can. I, I love that. Yeah, Super I think inspired. I think everyone should do that. I think if if you see something and you think it's cool, why let it stop there? Why not try it? Even if even if you just end up doing it for fun a bit of like downtime or it ends up a fitness hobby or you know it could be a it could be a nice little side income I feel like everything that fills you with an emotion you should pursue and explore and that's exactly what I do and sometimes you know it's frowned upon that when I was getting into real estate people just thought I was after money and stuff and they're kind of like "Mm, this isn't the live cook we know kind of thing but you know it makes sense that I knew that it would be for a reason and I've pursued it wholeheartedly with the right intentions. And it's come full circle now because with the knowledge that I built up from property developments, I've now set out to build football pitches. So you can see how it's all come together and it makes yep. sense. That's awesome. Everything's full circle. And yeah, I feel like it's great to follow your passions, no matter what anyone else says, like whatever makes you the most happy, it's worth pursuing and giving it a try. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, Thank you so much, Liv, for coming on. This was awesome. We're so excited to 
continue to watch all your success and everything that you do. And we really appreciate you talking with us. And we're so excited to read your book. Uh, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Definitely put like all the links in the description of this podcast so that everyone can check it out. Um, and congrats. Thank you very much. Can I just say as well, before we go, your Instagram page is probably my favorite. Ah, uh, I love it. The content is so relatable. Every time it pops up on my feed, I'm like sending it to someone from football because I've just joined a team to practice again. And I'm like, oh, how relatable is this? <laughs> I love it. I think what you're doing is amazing. Thank you so much. Keep in touch. Awesome. Thank you very much. Have a good one. You too. Bye. <laughs>